Joshua and the amazing things that we've been learning through Joshua. How many of you enjoyed the Joshua series so far? It's good, isn't it? All the things that God speaks to us in, in the Old Testament is amazing. Now, Jed did an amazing job uh, talking about chapter 5 two weeks ago. It was funny. He had a difficult job, didn't he? Chapter 5, uh, it's all about circumcision. So that was a difficult one to apply that to our hearts, but that was a preparation. It's funny he preached that as, the, as we had a Sunday with, where all the kids joined us too. So it was a little, he, he navigated that well. But that was a preparation. Chapter 5 was all about God's preparation for the people and and consecrating themselves so that they would be ready to go into battle. And so they crossed the Jordan River. They're ready to go into battle to Jericho. And then chapter 6, Johanna did an amazing job laying out Jericho, the walls, and even going back into the history and seeing uh, the foundations of the walls, the little wall, the bigger wall, and what God was preparing them. And you can see the evidences today. And she shared her personal story about how God broke down the walls in her life and just minister to her and so we see that the israelites across the jordan river they're now into uh battling jericho they defeated jericho and god had given them 100 percent victory over that fortified city now chapter seven we are headed into another battle the battle of i and i want to hover over uh, this chapter just a little bit particularly just a few verses Chapter 7, verse 1, starting out, says this, But the Israelites were unfaithful to regard to the devoted things Achan, son of Carmi, the, the son of Zimri, the son of Zahara, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them, so the Lord's anger burdened against them. I'm going to back up just a little bit over to Joshua chapter 6. What did he take? Joshua chapter 6, verse 18 and 19. But keep away from the devoted things as they are going into Jericho. Keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble upon it. All the silver and the gold and the articles of the bronze and the the iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. This was God's victory. And this was what God was saying. This was for his treasury to provide for the people. This was separated for God. And Achan took what belonged to to the Lord. He was taking basically credit of what God had done with the miracle that he had performed. He stole some of that from God. He was robbing from God. And so the Lord's anger burned against Israel. Now Joshua doesn't know this. Joshua Joshua doesn't know what Achan had done. He doesn't know that there was sin inside the camp. He is unaware of this. But Joshua still sees the battles that are in front of him. And the next battle that is in line is the city of Ai. And Ai is a very small town. It's not fortified. It's not large. It's it's really rather unimpressive. But still Joshua, he gets his men. And he sent them from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon. To the east of Bethel and told them, go up and spy out the region. So the men went out and spied uh, uh, at Ai. When they returned to Joshua, they said, not all of the army will have to go up against Ai. Do you hear the tone in the voice? The tone there is that it's not really that important to to really give all of your attention to this. Send two or three thousand men to take it there. Take it and, and don't worry the whole army. It's not necessary. For only a few people live there. So about 3,000. Now Joshua was wise and he sent 3,000. He said, send two. Joshua sends three. 
two or three, he sends three. But they were routed by the men of Ai, who killed about 36 of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone's quarry and struck them down on the slopes. At this, their hearts, the hearts of the people melted in fear and became like water. We have heard this terminology before. But it was Jericho that their hearts were melting in fear. Now it's the Israelites whose hearts are melting in fear because of this small, what should have been a victory for them, easy victory. They see that they could not conquer or fight or win against this small town. There's a transition in the heart. They were confident God had won over the most fortified city. And now they can't win here. And only after do they realize that they are not strong enough. And they are on their own strength. God was not fighting for them anymore. Because there was a person in their camp named Achan who had stolen for himself. He had taken from the entire Israelite army. He had stolen, robbed from God and thought, if I could just hide this from everybody else, nobody will know. It's such a small thing. It doesn't really matter. Everybody will also will still have their food. We'll have enough. We'll have enough to build the temple of God later on. There's plenty here. I'm just going to take a little bit and I'm going to keep it for myself. How many of us know that the small things in life really are important? How many of us have heard, pick your battles? How many of us have heard, don't sweat the small stuff? I want to change that today. We've been told this. We've, we've, we think this. We, we've, we, we teach our kids this. We, we see it, it, it all around us in culture. Don't worry about the small stuff. It's too trivial. If you worry about that, then you're going to be too stressed out. But the problem is, is that it's extremely destructive and dysfunctional if we ignore the small things in our life, especially spiritually. You see, it's not the Jerichos that get most Christians down or defeated. It's not those big battles that are, that, are, that are looming in front of you that you know are difficult and you leave it into God's hands and He wins. It's not those battles that will ultimately have you feeling overwhelmed and, and, and that you can't do it or that you will lose battles on the other ground, on the other side of the Jerichos. It's not the insurmountable strongholds that's going to be your biggest obstacle. It's not the waters that are flooding that are going to overwhelm you. In your life, it will be the enormous challenges. The enormous challenges will be the ones that are hidden and unseen and seem to be something of an insignificance. That's where your greatest conflict will come from. It's the city of eyes. It's the ones that in comparison to Jericho don't matter. But in the end, there's some, some of the greatest battles that you will ever fight. And if we are not careful to face these small insignificant battles with everything that we have got. See, the mistake was that they didn't send the whole army to fight this smaller town, this smaller battle. You don't need to worry, you don't need to worry about what, what this town is going to do because we've got this. They were relying upon their strength at that point and their wisdom. Because there was something that was happening inside, internally in that camp. That Joshua didn't even know about. They should have had the victory. It should have been a clean wipe. But it wasn't. Because Israel. Didn't sweat the small stuff. We need to sweat the small stuff. And I like the idea of 
don't sweat the small stuff. I mean, that, that principle really, it sounds good. It sounds nice because it's a good way to have an escape from problems or the little things that seem to overwhelm us. And I'm not saying that we should take every single little thing and freak out about it. Or I'm not saying that there's little things that come up that you should put all of your attention to and worry and create anxiety and fear about. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that we cannot have a dismissive attitude towards the sin in our life that we seem or that we deem as something that is little insignificance. Just practically speaking, if we don't sweat the small stuff, I mean, our, our lives would be chaos. It'd be chaotic to uh, try and have any kind of scheduling meetings or things that would happen in our lives. I mean, it would be impossible to uh, have our live, lives organized. Healthy relationships would not exist because, let's face it, communication is just too small. It's, it's not that important to worry about. Our roads would be much more dangerous in Utah if we didn't worry about road signs or buckling up the seat belts. I mean, those are the small things. So don't sweat the small stuff. It's a good idea, but practically speaking and spiritually speaking, it's terrible. And it's our go-to phrase. But in my experience, the people who, cons- who don't consider sw- sweating the small stuff tend to create big stuff that will eventually overwhelm them. When the Israelites come to the city of Ai, the battle was already lost. They were already susceptible to, to defeats. And we're talking about battles that we face spiritually. There's a battle that's knocking on your front door. And if we're not prepared to defeat the small things in our life, how are we going to defeat the big things that come? Before they confronted the enemy, they were already susceptible to losing. And why? Battle of Jericho, that was God's victory. It belonged to the Lord. And Israel knew that, that they were defeated by God's power and his power alone. Israel knew that the prophets and the victory belonged to the Lord. But in verse 19, we begin to read how serious this is. And it's going to apply to us about being victorious and winning our life with Christ and our relationship in our day-to-day life really does matter. The small things matter with our relationship with God. Verse 19, then Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and honor him. Tell me what you've done. Do not hide it from me. Achan replied, it's true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I've done. When I saw the plunder, a beautiful robe from Babylonia, 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them. They're hidden in the ground inside my tent with silver Underneath, I want you to underline in your Bibles or on your phones, wherever you get your Bible scripture, you need to underline, I coveted and I hid. These are the two areas that we face on a daily basis. These are the easiest struggles to fall into. The battles to lose are these two areas. The desires of your heart and the things that we hide. Achan apparently thought that obeying God's word was small stuff, insignificance. It didn't really matter. It was unimportant. And his thought process caused him to compromise just a little bit. That if no one knew his sin of what he was hiding, it could be overlooked. But God will not bless you of your next victory while your battle right now, you're hiding and dismissing the small stuff 
It's not how our relationship with God works. It's not how victories are won with insubordination. There's a couple of things. Achan sinned big time by stealing from the Israelite camp. And he blatantly defied and robbed God. And it all started with giving into small, unchecked temptation. Giving it permission to grow. And giving it permission to live with him. Simply, he took and he hid. He saw what he wanted and he took it. Coveting is basically seeing the things that you want but you they don't belong to you. The questions are, what is our desires? What do we really want? Are the desires in our life, are there things there that really are not healthy for you in your motives? And are they unchecked? You see, we ask the questions quite a bit here. What are you struggling with? What are, your, what are the difficult problems that you're having in your life? Where, where are you hurting? Where's the pain? But here is another area. It's what are the things that we are craving? What are the things that we want? What are the things that we desire? What are the things that we are looking forward to? What are the things that we put our hope in? What is that aspect of your life? Because that is just as much of importance in your life as this is. And can be equally destructive if they are both left unchecked. We cannot be living in pain and fear and anxiety and worry. At the same time, we've got to make sure that our desires are a healthy desire for God. And really, this is at the basis and the root of the human spirit. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, we see that Eve saw what was pleasing to the eyes. She went after that. That's what caused her to fall and caused Adam to fall, was that she saw something that she wanted. What is it that we want? On the battleground, it's our cravings. It's the number one area that we try to dismiss, overlook, and it's the number one area that we must guard against. Because if your body loses desire, because your desires are, if they're let loose, it will affect your mind, it will influence your body, it will direct everything you do and everything that you will be. And one day you will ask yourself, why do I feel so spiritually indifferent? It's all because shielding our desires seem too insignificant. Proverbs chapter 4, above all else, guard your heart. And everything you do flows from it. It's an important aspect of our Christian walk. I I coveted them, I took them. They're hidden in the ground inside my tent. The, The hardest battles to win are the ones that you are wanting to hide. It's not the visible ones that everyone can see as problematic that... We've got prayer partners on your side. It's not the ones that are the, that are the most difficult. That, that you have people surrounding you with those visible big areas, the difficulties that are surrounding you. That's not the toughest area. It's the areas that you don't want people to know about. The ones that you don't want to open the door about. You don't want people to know about what the thought process is really like inside your head. Or what the intentions of your heart really, really are. Those are the things that are inside of us that we want to keep secret. Because it's personal between God and us. But the question is, are we even opening ourselves up to God in those areas in our lives? Are we so overwhelmed by the defeat of the small things that we have given up on thinking that we can have victory in those so that we begin to just cover them up inside the place that we live? He brought them into his tent and he buried them deep down inside. It's the same with us. We have a tendency and a temptation to bury things so deep inside that nobody knows that's there except for you. But God knows. 
Only when they went to that next battle, from Jericho to to I, did they realize that something was wrong. Only then did they feel their weakness. Only then did they know that the battle was just not the same like it was with Jericho. And you may have faced battles before in your Christian walk. And really have defeated Satan and the enemy and discouragement and fear and anxiety and just troubles that you've gone through and God's walked with you. But then there's areas that seem to just keep you down, areas that are just too difficult to fight. And it's the small ones that really have seemed to get you. And maybe it's just because we have kept something inside of our hearts that shouldn't be there. You see, we've got to make sure that we're not just living in the right camp like the Israelites were. Achan was living in the right camp. He was on the right side, but he was choosing to follow the wrong leader. There's a lot of great church-going people out there who on the inside have not yet decided to follow Christ. The question is, what's in the secret place? Don't excuse the small stuff. Matthew says, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will hold one or hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. There's a decision to make every single day when we come to follow God. And it really does come down to the small things that make a big difference. And the only thing that we should be hiding in our hearts is the word of God so that we won't sin against him. That's what we need to be hiding. And many of the significant victories or losses introduce themselves in this form or shape of small steps, and it's up to us if we respond to it or we react to it. And here's the great thing about the small stuff. When we say we sweat the small stuff, is that it's really not as daunting as it is sweating the big stuff. And I think that we sometimes get that role reversed, because if we read in Scripture here, Jericho was the battle that belonged to God, and he's the one that had the complete victory. It's the small things that we really do need to make sure that we're taking care of. And it's those things that we can take care of on a daily basis of what we call adjustments. So instead of giving into road rage, right, we can give into another attitude. We can choose to fight with courtesy. Instead of words of anger, we can respond with kindness. Instead of complaining, we can start praising. Instead of frustration, we can ask God to help us focus on joy. Instead of spite, we can choose compassion. Instead of gossip, we can choose gentleness. Instead of negativity, we can choose hopefulness. These are just small areas of our lives that we can make adjustments that will make a major impact on your life. And, and you will begin to fight the next battle and it will be... Come uh, God's victory by just choosing the small things today. This is how the battle belongs to the Lord. And I think many times we fight with our words and our own emotions and our own responses. But God is asking us to follow the desires of his heart and not the desires of ours to give up ours. So the choice is really believing in the impact of the small things. So that the big things in our lives will be in his hands and the victory will be ours. I want us to uh, close today with a little bit of a challenge. In your seat there, you see there's some cards and I want you to grab those cards and you may be thinking, what are they here for? Well, we're going to take some small things in our life and we're going to start winning in big ways. You have a red card, you have a yellow card and you have a green card. 
And we're going to do just a little bit of an exercise, and it's, it's not going to be that intimidating. I'm not going to um, ask you to stand up and say anything, but we are going to get just a gauge of our church as a whole. And I, as we do this, I want you to be vulnerable. I want you to be honest. I want you to be open. And I, I want us to just kind of start saying, okay, here's where I'm at. I'm not hiding this in my tent anymore. I'm not going to bury it there anymore. And we're going to conquer. We're going to have some victory today for a lot of us. The red card that you that you have in your hand means that you're in a bad place. You're not doing well. It's you're you're really struggling. And this is this is a red light. It's saying I just need to stop everything else. And this is an area that I need to focus and make a priority in my life. This is just a qu- some questions to ask you how you're doing. I'm going to ask you a few questions. The yellow is to say, I'm doing pretty good. I'm not doing horrible, and I'm not doing great. I'm just doing it at a pretty good spot right now. I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. The green is the praise report. This is, man, God's healed me, or man, I'm doing great here, or, or you know what? I used to be in a bad, bad place emotionally or whatnot here, but I'm doing good now. I'm doing good. And that's your praise report. And I'm hoping that at least in one of these questions, we can have a green, a green light, a praise report. And we're going to keep our eyes open through this. But we're going to do an exercise together. And all of us have red cards in some of these questions. Okay, and Don't feel pressured or tempted in any way. The only thing is that we're just opening ourselves up to identifying. We are uncovering some of the things in our lives together. Here's the thing. This is not a judgment zone this is not a place for us to judge each other right this is a place that we recognize we have all been there we've all been there in some of these questions and we will all go through seasons of we need a red light and we need to stop and we need to focus on the on this area of our life so here you go there's about six questions and just hold them up wherever you're at red yellow or green and we're going to get a temperature of where we're at in all of us to get today as a body. How is your stress level? Red, yellow, or green? And hold them up. How is your stress level right now? Okay. There's a lot of stressful things. How are your relationships right now? Family, friends, co-workers, what's that like for you? How's your relationships? How well are you taking care of yourself? How well are you taking care of yourself? How consistent is your relationship with God Monday through Saturday? How consistent? Feel good? Needs work? Identify these things. How would you rate your your peace from God right now? The peace of God in your life? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. You can see around us there is praise reports, there is struggles, and there is work that needs to be done. Last one, how, how are your spiritual disciplines? How would you rate your prayer life and your time in God's word? This is no judgment. This is just us being who we are. There's no reason to hide anything. 
Here's what I want us to do. I want us to stand. We have ushers that have pins. We're going to do a little exercise. These are the small things that will make a big impact. Revealing the things that God is revealing that God needs to know. And we are confessing to one another. We are praying for one another. That's exactly what we're doing. And if you held a red card up, you may have held one or two or three. It doesn't matter. But I want you to write on this card, if you have a pen with you, on the red card, I want you to grab the red card and I want you to write. You don't don't put your name on it. I want you to write on that red card the things in your life that you need to have attention to. The things that that you need to bring up to the surface. Reveal. Let it out. Let it be seen. You write that out there. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. And if you need a pen, we're having pens. You can write one main thing. You can write three. You can write five. And then fold that up. And then we're going to have the offering buckets be placed or uh, passed around. When you're done writing, we're going to pass the offering bucket around. And then we really get into the exciting part. And you don't have to turn this into the offering bucket. We're just going to be praying for one another. And this is going to be between you and God. And we're going to do some cool stuff today and this week. If you want to keep it, you can keep it. But if, we have, if you have that, you want to pass it into, we got uh, Mark over here and James. And we just, just go ahead and you can pass the bucket around. Just t- toss that in there. We need to fill these buckets up before we can move on to the next step. We are offering these things over to God. We are giving them over to Him. And as you saw, as we are raising the yellow cards, the green cards, the red cards, we are in this together. There's a mixture of things going on. I'll tell you honestly, honestly, our church has been hit hard. The last six months has been difficult for our church. And I only view it as a preparation for what God is about to do there has been relationships that have been hit there have been people who have just been hit the enemy is attacking has been attacking our church and i feel that this exercise taking care of the small stuff is going to strengthen us and i already feel that we have been strengthening been strengthening through these things that satan is meaning to destroy but god's going to build us even stronger and i I sense that There is an area and a season of growth for us spiritually that we are on the brink for. We got all of them? I think we're good. If we missed it, um, we we can uh, turn that in still. Those of you who uh, had the green cards, we want you to be a prayer partner for one week. You're not going to know who this person is. We are going to hand these uh, red cards out to you who want to be a prayer partner to to just say, okay, I feel like I'm a green area in, in one of these areas that I'm strong and I can just... I just feel like I'm ready to, to, to pray. I can do that. I may be struggling with others, but I can pray. I'm going to pray right now. You feel strong in that? 
and you want to pray for someone, you're not going to know their name. See what's written on the card, and that represents that person, and that person's going to be prayed for the entire week. You've got you to commit to a week of praying. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're going to pray for this. So if this is you, and you're ready to take on this challenge, then maybe you put, a, you put a red card in, you're wanting for somebody to pray for you, and you're ready to pray for someone else, hold up that green card, and we're ready to hand you a red card. Just hold it up high. Be a prayer partner. We're going to win. Vic- we're going to win battles together. We are in this together. The Bible says, "Where two or three are gathered in His name, right there, He's in the midst." So all week long, you put it in the red card. You're going to be praying, prayed for, and those victories are going to be before you. Pay attention to the small things in your life. God is in that. And when all the green cards, all the red cards are picked up, we are going to pray and dedicate all of us. Can we just say that? All of us to God. I mean, we're just, we, we need help, right? There's, there's nobody in here that doesn't need help. And spiritually, we're in this together. They're still just passing just a few more out, which is good. Any more green cards that we that we missed? Okay. Let's pray together. I'll tell you what. Before we do that, I know this whole service has just been kind of that way. If you need an ex, you need a prayer, like you need somebody just standing with you right now. That red card is shouting your name. You just need somebody right now just to place a hand on your shoulder. And you need prayer right now. We just raise your hand. Back here. Back here. Somebody who's willing to be a prayer partner. Just to stay with them. Let them know. We're going to agree with you right now. As we dedicate this week. But specifically today for these people at the back. Anybody else? Anybody else? If you're new today, it's okay. <laughs> We're in this together. Let's commit commit these people to the Lord and all of us this week as we strengthen one another. Father, you see the people who have raised their hands, Lord, in submission to you, needing need to be strengthened by the power of your Holy Spirit. Transform their, their mind, their thoughts, God. Transform their hearts, Jesus, into seeing you and your work being done in their lives. Let them grasp the reality of the love that you have poured over them and are desperately wanting to reveal you to them in a more profound, distinct way. Jesus, just penetrate your words of love inside of them. God, as we look to you for your forgiveness and your grace, we look to you for your strength. God, let it be a foundation that we are built upon, God. The things that seem to be eroding away inside of us, God. Strengthen us and and plant us upon firm foundation, God, through the power of your word and through the power of prayer. In Jesus' name, we are here today to declare that we need you. Simply put, we don't care about the eloquent words. We just say we need you. Our heart needs you. Help us to get into a place that just falls on our knees and gives up every identity that we want to have and place it into your name. To get rid of all the junk. 
All the stuff that seems to just hinder us. The relationships that we've just held on to for too long. The unforgiveness that's been settling there. That we've allowed to hide into our hearts. Forgive us, God. It's not healthy. Forgive us of our thoughts that just don't honor you. And we've struggled with it for too long. And like Israel, we're back and forth. We don't know what to do. God, we just throw up our hands and we say, help. The desperation of just saying, Lord, feed us. Grant us your spirit. The love that we used to have. God, where is it? Place it inside of us. A new desire that sees you and desires more of you. And anything in this world that brings an offer to our, our, our table, to our plate, God is worthless. A holy fire inside of us that burns with passion for you again, God. We know that it's there. God, I don't know what else to say. But you do. At this moment, speak your words of truth, conviction, healing, love. In the name of Jesus, we trust you today. In the name of Jesus, we said together, amen, amen. God bless you. I don't even know how to close a service as in this. But I can just sense that God is stirring among us in a healthy way. Let's continue to pursue, pursue God this week. Pursue Him in prayer. And let's pray for one another. Amen. Next week, I'm, we're going to be amazed at what God is doing. Amen. Live in the victory of Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed. If you want to stay for the fit team.